Because for me, honestly, the number one goal for me is the kingdom of God. And my businesses give me an opportunity to fund church planters. My business gives me an opportunity to raise up the next generation of leaders. So honestly, for me, Alan, even though the business is meeting the need, it's just a means. Well, hey, guys, I have a friend back on the podcast, actually our first guest to be on two episodes, a good friend of mine, Myron Pierce, and you can go back and make sure you do go back and listen to his story uh, in the first episode that he was on. But today we want to specifically talk with Myron about this idea of innovation, this idea of grit. He's an entrepreneur. He's leading multiple things, including a church and a church planting movement based out of North Omaha, but doing all kinds of things online and everywhere. The one and only Myron Pierce. Hey, man, thanks for joining us today. Oh, man. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. I always love chatting, and uh, we went super deep in the first episode, uh, and I wanted to make sure that we don't miss this massive piece about you, which is business. And I know for you, business has a huge why. Uh, you know, Coming out of your story, you share about how you were in prison, and you're literally helping to create jobs for many, many people that create dignity uh, and, and a worth, and obviously the ability for people uh, to stay out of prison again, yeah. uh, to see God change their lives, to so doing some incredible things. Uh, one thing that we talk about at Stay Forth is this idea of grit. And so I wanted to just dig in on that. Um, how did your criminal record, your story coming out of prison and really having to hustle really hard, how has that shaped so much of your story and the multiple businesses that you've been able to create? You know, Alan, one of the things that I see in the Bible is Jesus is an excellent entrepreneur. And when we think we automatically equate money with entrepreneurship or business with entrepreneurship. And the reality is this entrepreneurs solve problems and entrepreneurs solve problems that people are willing to pay them for. Right. And so one of the, and one of the ways that it's really shaped me is is one it's it's this word resilient Re- resiliency has been a part of my story it it wasn't at the beginning of my story but it it happened as a result of what i went through and so if you were to ask me what was the fruit of your suffering what was the fruit of where you came out of and and how is it being played out well i'd say it's resilient it's resiliency because because I saw the way my mom, Alan, man, this is so powerful to entrepreneurship. I saw the way my mom fell and got back up. She'd use drugs, get sober, get up, fall down, get sober, get up. And I saw it. And although I resented the lack of stability and the lack of not having a mom, what I learned from her is when you fall down, you get back up. And I'm going to tell you a story, man. I'm going to tell you a story, Alan. And it's an entrepreneurship anecdote. I was on my way to school one morning. I had a friend named Robert. And for some reason, we got into it. We got into an argument. And I swung on Robert. I tried to knock him on his back, right? And he swung on me and knocked me to the ground. And my whole life, man, a lot of people don't know this. 
But man, I, I experienced a lot of, and I think it moved me into wanting to be a gangbanger, but man, I experienced a lot of bullying. And, and, and so I, I had a lot of fights when I was, when I was a kid. And so when Rob knocked me on my behind, I got right back up. There's one time when I was in projects and I got into a fight and a guy knocked me down and I'm trying to fight him from the ground by just kicking, kicking him off me. And my mom is right there and she said, you better get up. And that took me into my teenage years where I'm fighting a guy named Kano. (laughs) And uh, Kano was a boxer. I didn't know that. I found that out the hard way. And uh, he gave me a right hook to my to my face that knocked me clean on my behind. But I got back up. And so even through that, man, even through fighting my way in gangs and and getting into a lot of fights, what I always have in the back of my head is my mom's voice. You better get back up. And I carry that into into prison and, and I carried the fact that I was counting on a calendar the number of days that I was going to get out the penitentiary. And I think what that has done in me is this resolve, this resiliency, this not give up. Like it doesn't matter what happens. You're not going to stop me type of mentality. And I think that's useful when it comes to solving problems as entrepreneurs. I think it's useful when it comes to, you know, somebody comes to you on your team or in your church and your company and they say, you know, we have this problem and all they're doing is complaining. You know, that that I'll say it nicely because I'm on your podcast, but that makes me mad. Because what that tells me is that you you aren't bold enough to 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 grow some grit and figure it out. There was a leader who said this. He said his dad dropped him off in some some city overseas in another country and um and gave him some money and said, now you figure out how to get back home. And, and that may that be child abuse nowadays, but what his dad was trying to do is prepare him for, just gotta figure it out. You gotta have enough grit and tenacity to not quit. And that's informed the way I do business and the way I even do ministry. How much of leadership is just getting back up? What your mom's telling you, I mean, so much, those were our conversations in Colorado on a, Monday morning of, all right, what's the next season? And oh, we get kicked out of our place we were meeting or, you know, the, the kind of conversations that I have with kingdom leaders. All right, you're going to get back up. I mean, how much, I mean, how simple, but how profound that is resiliency of grit. Just keep getting back up. We talk about this idea of grit, the idea that innovation doesn't come from excess, from having all in the world and all the freedom and all the money and all the funds, um, but limits. And so you came out of prison with limits, uh, and it's been incredible to see from little how you've continued to push into things. I want to specifically crack open the conversation of business. You are running multiple businesses right now. Give us a snapshot into those businesses you're running in addition to leading that church and that church planting movement. Yeah. So um, one that was right up under my nose that I didn't take seriously until a couple of years ago is my speaking business. I mean, I have an opportunity to to impact the next generation through a gift called speaking. And and God has just opened up the door for me to take that more seriously. 
And so there's a lot of revenue that comes in um, from speaking in, in a given year because I've taken it seriously. And I've, in a real way, have become a lot more selective on, you know, even even what I'll, what I'll accept in terms of, you know, speaking and time and margin and stuff like that. So, but the second one is, is a growing one, but as an author, right? And a lot of times we don't think of it that way, but, but God is just opening up my eyes to how he wants to use all of us as pastors or leaders or business leaders in, in helping to shape the way the world is by what he's given us as a gift. So those are just preliminary things that, um, that are merely side hustles. But the big ones are, you know, I run a, a fairly successful roofing business in, uh, during the summer and fall. And when we go into the winter, a very successful snow business when it's snowing money. And uh, so that's been, that's been really cool. And then I run a social media company that has two divisions. One is purely uh, social media marketing. And then the other division is more lead generation, helping companies get leads uh, when it comes to, you know, what, you know, the bottom line of their company and things like that. So those are uh, the two kind of primary businesses that I, that I run right now. In addition to everything else, in addition to kids, in addition to the church, some people listening to this, their eyes just glazed over. They're like, oh my goodness, I'm overwhelmed. So let's dig a little bit deeper uh, on that. And we're always talking about, hey, what about this thing? And how do you leverage this? And I just love the dreaming and scheming, learn a ton from you in, in this area. But how the heck do you stay focused with all that on your plate? <laughs> so I think it boils down to what Jesus talks about when he says, when he talks about the parable of the, of the talent. Some people are one talent people, some people are two talent, and some people are five talent. And it's according to your ability, the ability that God's given you. And so for some, that may seem like a lot. Like, what do you mean you're married? You're, you know, you have two businesses, you're leading a church, you have church plant residents, you're going to Tokyo in April. Like, what are you talking about? Like, how are you doing it? And I'd have to say, Alan, I'm just, I'd say I'm a five talent guy in terms of capacity. And so you have to, as an entrepreneur or leader, you have to know your capacity. You have to know your calling and you have to know the season you're in of your calling and how, and how much margin you can give to something. Right. And so I want to preface that with that. And there are seasons that we're in and that we have to be wise. We have to be wise stewards. So how am I doing it? Well, one thing I do Every week is I have a day off, like a, a day by myself or at home with my kids. Um, and, and once a month, I go do an all day so, I, so that I can recalibrate. I call it my refuel day. And every refuel day, I'm working through a book called Essentialism. And Essentialism is by, you know, by Greg McCowan or whatever his name is. And he's Such a good book. Yeah, helping me think through what's essential. And so on my refuel days, that becomes a part of my, you know, my my ritual. Now, uh, every three months, every three months, I do a three day where I get away and I redream and I pray and I spend time with God and I spend time refueling. And then once a year, I get away for a week. That's just me. That's not vacation. That's not family vacation. That's just Myron Pierce. Myron Pierce needs that. And one of the things I realized as a business leader my greatest, 
my greatest asset to our company is dreaming, is vision, is vision. That's a job. That's a responsibility of mine. And if I'm not bringing vision to, you know, to the company, then we're moving backwards. So rest is a real rhythm in my life. Refueling is a real rhythm in my life. And now I have some non-negotiables. One of my non-negotiables is I'm not going to compromise my date nights. I have a date night every single week. I have a family night every single week. And, and those have been a part of my rituals. Those are things that, you know, that are just not, I'm not budging around every. And so I plan around that instead of planning around other things. So I don't plan my date nights around my ministry life or my business life. I don't. I try to work smarter. That's another key. A lot of times people are saying, how are you running a, 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 a roofing company? Well, there's something called partnerships. <laughs> there's a business structure called partnerships. And so you have to pick and find out what's, what's, what, what can I feasibly bring to the table as a business partner? And you lay that out in, you know, organizational responsibilities and the memo, memorandum of understanding and you, and you lead like that. And, uh, and here's the reality as a business leader, I'm not trying to be a great business leader because for me, honestly, the number one goal for me is the kingdom of God. And my businesses give me an opportunity to fund church planters. My business gives me an opportunity to raise up the next generation of leaders. So honestly, for me, Alan, even though the business is meeting the need, it's just a means. It's all connected. It's all, it's connect all connected to that thread. Yep. Yeah, because some people see it as different. For me, it's it's one. It's one. Like It's not compartmentalized. It's It's the sum total of who I am as a leader. And I think what happens in Christendom or Christianity is we send people to seminary and I'm not against seminary and we teach them that you're just this person and this is the outcome and this is the output of who you're called to be. But what if you're actually an entrepreneur as well? What if you're actually the next president? What if you're actually this? Well, they told you you were that and, and you kind of stick to it. And I just think we're more complex than that. I think we're more mysterious than that. And, and yet we're taught to not explore anything other than, you know, being a pastor. Yeah. What are you uniquely designed to do? That's the question we ask. What are you better at than 10,000 other people? And those are the uncomfortable questions we need to go to versus what grid do I fit in? But how has God uniquely designed you? A couple of things I wanted to make sure we emphasize in there. Number one, we talk ridiculously practical. So thank you for pulling those out the weekly basis, monthly, uh, every few months, or I guess, every, or quarterly, and then yearly. Guys, so important to put those, what we call big rocks in there. So you can put the littler rocks around them. Many times we're, like you're saying, Myron, trying to plan around uh, ministry schedules, business schedule. Instead, you're saying, start with family, start with soul, start with what I need in my relationship with God, uh, start with being a human, and then stack everything else around that. Uh, second thing that I see is kind of this braiding, that, that it's one vocation, but it's multiple expressions of that. It's all connected. And without mm. that, we're going to feel such a great tension that we actually feel drawn and quartered. And then we got limbs falling off because we're trying to hold it all together. 
uh, versus it's braided together. It's actually stronger together. Proverbs talks about a variety of investments and that's not just financial. I think that's our time. That's our energy. Right. And that last one is, is that shift we talk about. We talked about it a couple episodes in on the work and rest. The idea of we can work really hard when we rest really hard. And instead of uh, to rest from work, it's to work from rest in the space of regular rejuvenation. Uh, so thank you for, you know, kind of uh, inserting all those thoughts and principles we regularly talk about. I swear I didn't tell, tell them to, uh, to say all this stuff coming on the podcast, but so close to our heart. So close to our heart. It's who I am. That's right. That's what one reason we get along, Myron, is because you're not running a million miles an hour at the sake of your soul, at the sake of your family, and losing that in the process. And so, man, keep going. Love, love cheering you on. Uh, last question here that, you know, we have a lot of leaders listening, maybe nonprofit leaders or church leaders who are, are making what we call the 80%. 80%, uh, I believe, of nonprofit and ministry leaders make 80% of what they need to survive. And I can't back that up or verify that, but that uh, means that most people are 20% short in that. And so that's why mm-hmm. I think we're seeing more and more side hustles as the cost of living goes up, as our families uh, get more expensive. Some days I go, you know, just, man, it's just stupid expensive to raise a family these days. And uh, church planners know that when you move into a different part of the city. And so more and more people are asking about side hustles. Uh, but just kind of what, what would your quick answer be for that? What do you tell people in ministry who want to launch a side hustle? So, you know, I, I actually did a master video class course for this video course for this. It's called it's for pastors and ministry leaders, but it's called a side hustle pastor. <clears throat> and the reason why I man, the reason why I put this together is because of the 20 percent is because I saw a need for innovation and a need for people to take care of their families. And a lot of times it is not religiously or piously acceptable for pastors or leaders to want to take care of their family. It's like, you know, just give yourself to the church and then die. And the only one who's at your bedside are the ones who actually loved you. Right. And so not a diss on the church. I'm just saying it's the reality. And so for me, I I thought, what, what could we do? How could I best multiply myself? And so, man, honestly, man, if people would take advantage of that on myronpierce.com, you know, if you, you know, if they hear this and, and they, I get an email from them, we'll, we'll just do like a 50% off. Right. So, um, just, just for people watching so, or listening, but I, I'd say this, if you're going to launch a side hustle, it can't work against you or your schedule. It cannot work against you or your schedule. So, does does this side hustle work for me and not against me is a question that you have to ask. Secondly, is there a learning curve to this side hustle? If it is, it's going to take you longer. And, 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 and if it takes you longer, it's going to take you're either giving time or money and you don't have time to to spend a lot of time or money in learning something unless you feel strongly about it. So, for example, for years, Alan, I only use social media for for consumption. But when I saw that it could meet a need for the local church, I saw when it could meet a need for companies that I'm currently working for and with, then I said, this is worth the learning curve. So I went out and spent $15,000 just learning, 
lead generation, social media marketing, etc. And so I'd say, number one, is it working for you or against you? Number two, is this going to take, is this a big learning curve? And then number three, like you said, like, man, what have you done 10,000 hours of? Whatever you've done 10,000 hours of, you deserve to be paid for it. <laughs> like, uh, because you're a professional in that area, you're an expert in that area. And so launch in the area of your expertise and don't try to launch large, launch small. Don't go out and say, I'm starting this big empire. No, uh, set up a business structure of irs.gov and set up your articles of organization and put up a one page website from wix.com and use wave for your accounting and get G Suite was $5 a month. You can get you an email and go to GoDaddy and find a website for $1.99. Like just do all that that's small for under 200 bucks and get started. That's the other thing. Uh, don't wait. Don't wait to know it all to do something you can do now. Right. So do one thing, put one foot in front of the other. Um, and, and lastly, and I'll leave you alone. I'm just excited. Don't launch something that there's not a demand for. That's just dumb. Like, don't do that. It is disrespectful to humanity to launch something that there's no demand for. At least make a create a demand before you launch it and supply it. That's good. Yeah, that and uh, that's dumb uh, to launch something that there's no demand for. Uh, you know, what's <laughs> also dumb is fighting a guy named Kano. Yeah. He just sounds like a fighter. <laughs> Like that's how that I'm going to connect dumb. that to the beginning of our podcast. Don't, do that. <laughs> don't fight a dude named Kano. Don't launch a business. There's no demand for, uh, man. I, I love how practical it is. Myron, we'll have you back on. Um, and of course guys just soaking in wisdom, such a practical episode for us here. You guys heard it. Uh, you can go to myronpierce.com, shoot him an email from there and get 50% off of those courses, those resources guys. I know Myron's heart and it is for, you to win. Um, he truly is a hope dealer doing that in business, doing that with church leaders, love the focus on inner city and love, uh, you wanting to raise up inner city leaders to lead in the places and spaces they're from. Man, you inspire me and just grateful for our friendship. Uh, I'm going to leave some questions from this and a whole lot of goodies in the show notes that Myron talked about. We'll link to those things. So Myron, as always, Great having a conversation with you. And thanks for sharing with our guests today. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. So much gold in that episode. I want to specifically focus in on those questions that Myron asked us. As you think about applying that podcast, maybe you're on the edge of launching a side hustle. Maybe you're into a side hustle wondering, why isn't this working? Why am I feeling more tension than I need? Let me just ask these questions that Myron tossed our way during the podcast. Is this side hustle working for me or against me? Is this side hustle working for me or against me? Take some time to be honest. Maybe talk to your spouse about that. Is it just throwing your life too much out of control and spinning uh, your life toward unhealth too quickly? Is there a big learning curve? Just be honest. Is there a big learning curve in this business that you want to launch? It, will it take lots of time? Will it take lots of money? What will it take to invest? Next question, is there a real demand for this business? It needs to be more than just something that excites you. And of course, we believe that if it excites you, somewhere it will excite other people. But is there truly a demand 
for this business? And the last question, what expertise do you have that you have great experience with that you could offer for pay? Maybe there's something that you've done. Maybe you're a speaker already. Maybe you're a coach. Maybe you have the ability to help other people in their organization through consulting. Whatever it is, what do you have great experience with that you could now offer for pay? Maybe you need to shift that specifically into a business. Maybe that could be your 20%. Because we're convinced that more and more people who are in ministry, who are in leadership, who are in nonprofit work are going to need something on the side. Because if you just don't have enough, then it's not sustainable to stay in that. And what we realize is that people are actually starting side hustles to stay in ministry, not to leave ministry. And so maybe you need to be honest with yourself and say, I've got to start a side hustle now, and I want to work through the process. And I want to encourage you to head to Myron's site, uh, myronpierce.com, to see what he's all about. He's got some resources there to be able to help with that specifically, a course called the Side Hustle Pastor. Hope you had half as much fun as I did and learned half as much as I did from my friend, Myron Pierce. We want to thank you guys for listening in to the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. We're getting more likes and subscribes and shares and people sharing it over to their social media page, sharing it with their friends. So thanks for being part of this community at the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. We want to continue to bring you ridiculously practical content. We want to help you get healthy and stay healthy so you can go the distance in your life and leadership. Guys, remember that you don't have to sell your soul if you're going to do leadership for the long haul. And just one more reminder to leave us a review. Reviews help us get more exposure. So if you wouldn't mind just leaving us a quick review and a rating, that would be super helpful. Thanks for joining us for another amazing episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast.